This is KMTT. Today we have the Shurim Pashat HaShavua, which this week will be given not by Harav Chanoch Vatsman, who gives it every week, but who is away in Chutz Laaretz for the next, this week and next week as well. And so we have uh, obtained a replacement, a guest shiur for this week's Pashat Vayetze. The shiur will be given by Harav we're going to talk today about Pashat Vayetze. I have to tell you, this is the first time I've ever had this opportunity to record a shiur for, for KMTT. And um, it's a little bit disconcerting speaking to the empty room. So it may take me a while to get used to it. I hope all the listeners will bear with my, uh, I guess, obvious uh, uncomfortableness with the medium. Uh, I know you're out there, but it'll take me a little while till I get used to it. I want to speak in Parshat Vayetze about one particular person. When Yaakov meets Rachel at the well in Peret Haftet, Now, Yaakov has come to the well and he's spoken to the shepherds that are already there. And he's asked them about the man to whom he's going to visit. He's going to Lavan. And he says to them, do you know Lavan? And they say, yes, they know. And then they point out to him that They say to him, look, Rachel, his daughter, is coming right at this very moment. He ba'a. She is on her way. So he knows that Rachel is coming. Yaakov knows. And then he asks them about why they don't uh, get to work, why they don't water their flocks. And they say to him, we need more people to come. It's a very heavy rock. And then Rachel comes. She, she then comes. Now the Pasuk I wish to speak about. Vayehi. When? Yaakov sees Rachel, the daughter of Lavan, the brother of his mother, and he sees the uh, sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother. Then Yaakov goes and rolls off the stone from above the uh, well and he waters the sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother. Three times in this verse it mentions that we're talking about things, a daughter or the sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother, of Yaakov's mother. And it's repeated to such an extent that it can't help but, but be drilled into us. And it's totally unnecessary. And, and, and it, it just appears to be obsessive almost. It doesn't need, need to state even once. The important thing, as I think most people read this pasuk, is being somehow it's it's acceptable, it's common to read this verse as saying that 
Yaakov falls in love with Rachel at first sight. It doesn't say that in the Pesach, the word Ahava is not mentioned here, but I think most people assume that when Yaakov sees Rachel, he then he goes and rolls off the stone, the stone that is so heavy that many shepherds could not have done it before and they needed more help. This superhuman strength is an expression of his uh, response to the sight of Rachel. And if that was true, there's really no need to mention that she's the daughter of Lavan. Except, of course, that Yaakov is expecting Lavan. He's been sent to Lavan. But there's surely no need to mention that Lavan is the brother of his mother. What does that have to do with anything? We know who Lavan is. Now, I will accept it one time. Okay, maybe you've forgotten. So it says when he saw Rachel, the daughter of Lavan, the brother of his mother, but then he sees the cattle, the sheep, excuse me, of Lavan, the brother of his mother. And then he rolls off the stone and he waters the sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother. What is the meaning of this continual reminder that Lavan is the brother of Yaakov's mother? Now, one possibility, which I think is, in fact, a, a nice explanation. It's not the one I wish to concentrate on, but I'll mention it quickly. Because some of you may adopt it. It, it does have certain uh, logical opinion. Is that it comes to explain the next verse, at least in a particular manner. The next verse is, Vayishak Yaakov Rachel, Vayisa Eskolo Vayefk. Yaakov kisses Rachel, and he raises his voice and he cries. This is one of those verses where you cannot say pshat without saying drush. There is no simple pshat that would explain why he's crying when he meets Rachel. It's not normal in the Torah for people to cry out of emotion, and I was imagining that one thinks the Pasuk says what I mentioned before, that Yaakov has met Rachel and fallen in love with her. You don't cry. Surely the Torah doesn't think people cry for something like that. Crying is normally associated with sadness. And therefore Rashi, quoting Medrashim, says something must have happened to cause Yaakov to feel bad. He makes two suggestions based on the Medrash. Vayefk, the first, obviously, medvashik explanation is that as he kissed her, he was granted a vision of Ruach HaKodesh that she will not be buried with him. Of course, Rachel is not buried in Master Machpela, together with Yaakov, only there is. Rachel is buried on the way in Beit Lechem, Kebar Rachel. Another explanation, the fish He cried because of his poverty, because he had nothing in his hands. He said, Eliezer, when he came to find Rivka, he was he came with presents. He came with with uh, uh, earrings and, and bracelets and, and other presents. 
And I come with nothing than Mashi explains the reason why, because he'd been waylaid by Eliphaz, son of Esav, on the way, who had taken away all his money and spared his life. He was crying because he feels inadequate. He feels that he's not able to properly uh, um, betroth her or properly treat her as presumably a prospective suitor, as a man who's going to be her husband. He's supposed to give her, he's supposed to give her gifts. Uh, these are obviously Midrashim. There's no hint in the Pasuk, but I think that that as Midrashim, they do express a certain Pshat, and I, I, I would like to defend the Pshat level of this Midrashim. The first one is saying that by Yishak, Yaakov, Rachel, Yaakov kisses Rachel. This is unusual. It means that Yaakov, having met Rachel, has basically already decided, although the Pasuk doesn't say that, not till later, but has basically already decided that this is a girl for him. And then the Pasuk says, Vayef, he began to cry, and the Midrash explains that somehow, called Ruach HaKodesh, called a premonition, he is at once joining himself to and he perceives subconsciously or consciously or, or in some way that the union is not 100% complete. Okay, so it, it involves Ruach HaKodesh of some sort. But the point is that specifically, precisely because the Pasuk is describing the union, the, the, the soul connection, the felt emotional connection that Yaakov has to Rachel, it immediately says that Yaakov perceives that there's something wrong with this, something, a small thing, something's missing. It's not going to be the usual kind. They should be joined for all eternity, but she will not be buried with him, meaning that the, the union will not be complete. So in the context of Yishak, Yaakov, and Rachel, this explanation of Ayif makes sense. What I would like to suggest, though, is to justify the second explanation. Why does it say that Yaakov, when he saw Rachel, saw Rachel, the daughter of Lavan, his mother's brother, and he saw the sheep of Lavan, his mother's brother, and he watered the sheep of Lavan, his brother's mother. This offhand seems, at least to our modern ears, to go against the beautiful romantic meeting. Yaakov rolls off the stone from the well, not after he sees the beautiful Rachel, but after he sees the beautiful Rachel and all the sheep that she's bringing. Sounds almost mercenary. He's moved, if the Pasuk is telling us that he rolls a stone off the well because he is granted superhuman powers because he's so moved, then the Pasuk says he's moved by two things. The sight of Rachel and the sight of the many sheep. I suspect that maybe the explanation is different. It's a psychological explanation. Yaakov is totally alone in the world. He's fled. He's in exile. He's had to flee his father's home, his country, because his brother has threatened to kill him. And in fact, if we add what Rashi does quote here, he is also doesn't even have even a monetary, even a financial security, because the same Esav, his son, the son of Esau, Eliphaz, has in fact lifted and emptied his pockets as a highwayman waylays Yaakov on the way. And he travels for days, and he's in a strange country. Now he knows where he's going, he's heading towards Lavan, but emotionally, he, he's, he's lost. And he comes to the swell, and he says, do you know of the family that I'm looking for? Lavan and they say, yes, and there's his daughter. And then he sees the daughter coming, and he sees that his fact that 
that, that this man, yes, this man is rich. Levan is rich. He has many, many sheep. You no need to, to, uh, to apologize now for the fact that, yes, he sees the riches. He sees that he's come, he's come home. He's come to a place which could be home. He's finally landed, so to speak. He's been in space orbit. He's been wandering around the world. And now he sees, he's not falling in love with her. He sees Achel, who is family. Bat Lavan Achi Imo. No, she's not a beautiful girl. She's his cousin. And he sees the sheep, and the sheep of family. There's a sheep of his uncle, the brother of his mother. Let me point out that there is no normal way to say the word uncle in Hebrew. Therefore, Achi Imo is the way to say it. So what does he do? He rolls off the stone and he waters the sheep. Watering the sheep. I suspect it should not be interpreted as a reaction to the overwhelming feelings of love that Yaakov has, but of Yaakov's overwhelming feelings of of acceptance. He joins himself to this family. He says, I'm home. And therefore, he does what a member of the family should do. He, he waters his own sheep. He waters the sheep of his family. Because having seen that the sheep are his family sheep, and the girl is his family girl, then he acts like a member of family and he warns the sheep. And then, and this answers the question, which people, I imagine, are bothered by, as to what Yaakov is doing, kissing a strange girl upon first meeting. Huh? You don't have to be a particularly uh, religious conservative. You don't have to know Shulchanor to know that something is a little bit stranger in Yaakov meeting a girl by the well and giving her a kiss. No, he was giving her a cousin kiss. He was kissing Rachel Bat Lavan Imo. He wasn't kissing Rachel, his intended bride. That'll be three psukim later. When the Pasuk will state explicitly that three psukim later, I'm sorry, ten psukim, fifteen psukim later. When it says explicitly that Vayi'ahav et Rachel. But now, he's just seeing his cousin and the kiss is a cousin kiss. And then it says Vayisat Kalo Vayevki cries. Wow, why is he crying? Rashi's Midrash makes sense. He's come home and then he realizes, perhaps for the first time, deeply feels how he's the penniless pauper cousin who's shown up on the doorstep and he feels, oh, how terrible it is that he's coming here and basically he has to throw himself on their mercy because he has nothing. He can't negotiate. He can't give them anything. He can't, he can't appear the way the son of Rachel, Lavan's brother, Lavan's sister, should appear. He has nothing to give them, and he cries because it's a cry of relief. In other words, it, there's, it, it's a combination of all these factors. The point is, he's been alone, and then he finally gets home, and yes, it's an amazingly emotional experience, not because of love. It's an amazing emotional experience because he's finally come to a place where he can rest his head, but the feelings are so mixed, it's not a simple feeling, and he, and he cries from relief, and he cries from, from uh, exhaustion, and he cries... From feelings uh, of inadequacy, frustration, he's finally arrived and, and and he has nothing. In other words, either the midrash or something surrounding the midrash, the crying is not a crying of sadness, but one of of emotional relief. Or come to midrash. Emotional, uh, emotional tension. 
emotional frustration. That's explanation number one of why the Pasuk says, and again, and at the same time, it serves as an explanation for why Yaakov kisses Rachel and why Yaakov cries. However, I think there's another explanation, and that's what I really intend to suggest as my main explanation for this particular verse. And it came about that when Yaakov saw Rachel, the daughter of Lavan, his mother's brother, and he saw the sheep of Lavan, his mother's brother. And I come back to that. What is the importance of seeing sheep? Why does seeing sheep lead to Yaakov watering the sheep? Immediately afterwards, Vayigash Yaakov, Yaakov went ahead, rolled off the stone, and watered the sheep. I think the answer to me is clear. When Yaakov sees Rachel, and when Yaakov sees the sheep, he remembers the story that he has heard told when he was a little boy, since he was a little boy. The family saga of how his mother, Rivka, joined this family. When he sees Rachel, who is the daughter of Lavan, who is the brother of his sister, who is the brother of his mother. Seeing Rachel reminds him of his mother. And then he sees the sheep of Lavan, the brother of his mother. The sheep remind him of his mother and his mother's sheep. In other words, Yaakov has a flashback, not from his own memory, but from the memory which I imagine was you know, the family tale. He remembers when another man met a girl who had come, had brought the sheep to the well. This story is a repeat of the story of Eliezer meeting Rivka. Now, what was the conclusion of the story of Eliezer meeting Rivka? What was the highlight? What was the most crucial aspect of the story of Eliezer meeting Rivka in Pashat Haye Sarah. The most crucial thing was that Rachel then watered, gave water to Eliezer and to his, not to his sheep, I'm sorry, but to his camels. Watering the stranger's needs, watering the stranger's flock was the act which according to all the Mephoshim was the crucial, call it a sign, call it a credential, which said that this is the girl for, not for Eliezer, of course, but for Yitzchak Avinu. And I think what takes place here is that when Yaakov sees Rachel and remembers his mother, because she is the daughter of Lavan, who is the brother of his mother, and then he sees the flocks of Lavan, who is the brother of his mother. He immediately remembers how Rachel, Rivka, excuse me, Rivka, Rivka, Rivka became the mother of Israel, became part of the Jewish people because of what takes place at the well. And Yaakov recreates it. He does the same thing. He volunteers to water the flock of Rivka. It's exactly what took place in Chayi Salah. 
exactly what took place in Chayei Sarah? Oh no, I'm, I, I've made a small mistake, haven't I? It's the exact reverse, parallel reverse of what takes place in Chayei Sarah. In Chayei Sarah, Rivka waters the flocks of Eliezer, the Saragit for Yitzchak. Here, Yaakov waters the flocks of Rachel. In Chayei Sarah, the woman shows chesed to the man. Here, the man shows chesed to the woman. And that is the meaning of this pasha. It's the same but opposite model of when Av meets Em, when the forefather meets the foremother. Both meetings are characterized by an act of chesed, of kindness. The classic act of chesed is watering the other person's flocks. Rivka, in fact, was chosen by Eliezer precisely because she did that, as he had requested of God to show him a sign. Now, it is impossible to understand that Yaakov is chosen because he's kind. Yaakov isn't being chosen at all. Yaakov has been chosen to be a father because he's the son of of Yitzchak. She who is being chosen here is going to be Rachel. It's the, the women are entering the family. We're not interested in why Rachel marries Yaakov. We're interested in why Yaakov marries Rachel. So that, it sure, is different. And in light of that difference, I think we have to reinterpret the story of Chayesara as well. It is undoubtedly true that the act, what Rachel, what Rivka then had chosen to do, to, to water the, uh, uh, not only Eliezer, but also his flocks, undoubtedly came and showed that she was a Ba'alat Chesed, and therefore, that, that's, you know, I think that's why she was chosen. Well, that's how Eliezer knew to choose her. But in light of today's story, I think we're being told something else. There is a natural tendency to say there are, four, there are three fathers of the Jewish people. Why are the three fathers? Each one contributes. Avam contributes what he contributes. Yitzchak, what he contributes. And Yaakov, what he contributes. Then we remember that there are also four mothers. You say, okay, there are four mothers. They contribute what they contribute. Sarah, Yifka, Rachel, and Leah. But I think the proper way of looking at the idea of Avot and Imahot is not that there are three fathers and also four mothers, but that there are three couples. Uh, Yaakov's a strange couple. He's a He's a triple. There are three homes, three unions, Avam and Sarah, father and mother. I mean, when we say father and mother, we're thinking of a family. Every normal child has a father and a mother. Avam and Sarah are first fathers, first parents, four parents. Yitzhak and Rivka are second. And Yaakov and Rachel and Leah are third. And therefore, it's not enough to ask what did each father or each mother contribute. You have to ask what did each union contribute. And therefore, the nature of the union is part of the story. It's not a side story. Why did Yitzchak marry Rivka? Why did Yaakov marry Rachel? Why did Yaakov marry Leah? Obviously, we have details about those stories. But it's not a side issue when they're personalized. Amisal is a product of these three unions. 
And the quality of the union is not merely important to know as a lesson to us how should one choose a wife. We learn from Yitzchak that one should choose a wife because she's a Balat Chesed. Because that we don't learn from Yaakov. I don't think Rachel chose Yaakov because he was a Balat Chesed. But if I'm correct that the Pasuk is coming to describe to us precisely that fact that Yaakov meets Rachel and immediately does from an act of Chesed, because that's what he does. And it's telling us that the most elemental aspect of their union, the way it was began, the first meeting between them was done through Chesed. Same thing as what took place in Rivka and Yitzchak, Eliezer as his, his, his surrogate. It's not really that important who does what to where. It's telling you that they met in a in a framework of chesed one to the other. Now this is crucially important in the case of Yaakov precisely because I think it comes to tell us that the explanation is not an alternative explanation. If I asked you what was the original meeting, what was the original bond between Yaakov and Rivka and, excuse me, and Rachel, you are liable to answer that the bond was not chesed, but, but, love, varava. As it says later on, Lavan has two daughters, and one day Yaakov says to, uh, to Lavan, when Lavan is said to him, how should I pay you for your work? You're, you're tending my sheep. I wish to pay you. And then Yaakov says, I'd like to marry Rachel as my payment because Yaakov loves Rachel. So it might be natural to claim that the basis for the marriage, for the bond, for the union of Yaakov and Rachel is love. The basis of the bond of Rachel, Rivka, and Yitzchak is Chesed. I think the Pasuk tells us that the basis of the bond of Rachel and Yaakov is first of all Chesed, and only afterwards love. Similar, not identical, but similar to what it says about Yitzchak, where the first basis was Chesed, and then afterwards it says, only two people do we know this about, by Yehav Yitzchak, that Yitzchak loved. Rivka, as Yaakov loved Rachel. But the first basis, the Torah goes out of its way by creating this so completely parallel structure by the will. The first meeting was characterized by Chesed. The second story, perhaps, will be one of, of love. And the importance of that is not to tell us, I don't think, how to choose a wife or, or, or how to build your marriage. It's going to tell us something about Amisa. That the basis, the, the, the Avot bequeathed, they built Amisa on a foundation, the first foundation, the lowest, the most elemental foundation was that of Chesed. Of course, by Avram, Avinu, and Sarah, it doesn't necessarily apply to their union. We don't know how they met and they didn't meet the basis. But by Avram, Avinu, we have Chazal telling us that he simply represents Chesed. 
So Avraham Avinu, as the first father, is Chesed. And if you ask me about the union between them, I would answer that it appears to me that Chesed believe that Avraham and Sarah are the same thing. They are two people who meet. They're simply, they're simply a couple. So if Avraham is Chesed, then Sarah is Chesed as well. So Avraham and Sarah simply are Chesed. And, and Yitzhak and Rivka have other things to do. But their union began with Chesed. And Yaakov and Rachel, and Yaakov and Leah as well, for that matter, have a lot of things to contribute to Yitzhak, but the union... Leah is being here an adjunct to Rachel. Yaakov met the girl and the two girls basically. He met the family that he's going to marry into. He 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 committed himself to them through an act of chesed. And then he had to choose which one to marry. So he chose Rachel and he got Leah and then he married Rachel as well. Okay, it all works out for the best in the end. But it's telling us that the founding, the found, founding stones, the foundation of the building of Amisal is chesed. Which chesed? Giving water to sheep. And that's why the sheep in this pasuk are so important. And it, it has bothered me for years. Because I thought the Torah was saying that Yaakov saw that Lavan, his intended father-in-law, was wealthy. And that gave him the strength to roll. That gave him the amazing inspiration to roll heavy songs. And frankly, I couldn't understand how that could be what it says. And I think it's telling us entirely. The sheep here are merely triggers for memory. An opportunity to water something. And that is hinted at by the continual re-reference to what he's seeing as a reminder of his mother. The girl is the daughter of a man who is his mother's brother. The sheep are the sheep of the man who is his mother's brother. And when he waters the sheep, he's watering the sheep not of Lavan and not of Rachel. He's not watering the sheep because they're Rachel's sheep and he loves Rachel. Absolutely not. He's watering the sheep of Lavan who is the brother of his mother. His mother, it's like the image of his mother is is, is stuck in his mind. Everything, every time, everywhere he turns, he sees hints of his mother. He remembers how his mother came into the family. And he does the same thing. Not that he's interested, of course, in joining Lavan's family. I hope not. Maybe he is. But he won't succeed. But he's making his own family. He's creating the family. The family of Am Yisrael. And that should be done through Chassid. That, I think, is the ultimate meaning of this Pasuk. Perhaps it's the meaning of the kissing and the crying as well. When Eliezer did it, it was a it was a decision. When if God did it to Eliezer, it was a decision. But he all of a sudden realizes that in exile, roaming around, yeah, he's on the same track. He's going to be able to establish a family the way families are meant to be established in the house of Abraham. And therefore he's moved by emotion both to kiss and to and to cry, one should pay attention to the only a hint. He does two things. He waters Vayashk and he kisses Vayishak. Two different words, two different roots in Hebrew. Shin kuf hey to water. Nun shin kuf to kiss. But the way it comes down the Pasuk, it's almost exactly the same word, the same letters. Vayashk and Vayishak. Yaakov is watering 
The kissing is also an act of chesed. And perhaps the crying is also an act of chesed. It's part of the act of chesed. Part of realizing now that chesed is part of my life. I'm able to do chesed to somebody, to this woman, to this family. Then I, I'm, I'm back on track. I haven't been exiled away. I've been sent away, but I'm still on the track. I'm in the middle of the track of building Amisa because I am fulfilling the destiny of Chesed of Abraham, destiny of Chesed of my mother, Rivka, has become my destiny as well. Thank you very much.